Hey, this is Roberto. You're back with another podcast. I'm today with my warriors from Central Falls. Warriors from Central Falls, please say what's up to the world. What's up? We also have with us uh, the director of community engagement. That's right. For Verizon. Uh, And here's why that's special. Uh, Adriana Dawson's with us. And the reason that this is special, we had uh, the guy from The Last Dragon. We had uh, the guy who wrote Ready Player One. We had world-renowned physicists, all that stuff, other actors from Hollywood. Uh, The reason that this is special is because Steambox would not be in this building if it wasn't for Adriana and her work with Verizon. So first, I want to say thank you. And second, I want to say welcome. Well, thank you for having me. And um, I can't wait for the questions and the conversations, but um, it's truly an honor to be able to support such an amazing effort and have all of you young folks uh, participating and contributing and being part of this amazing effort here with my friend, Roy. So thanks for having me. Hey, did I hear you say you just got back to Rhode Island at one in the morning? I certainly did. Um, So it's Monday. I've gone through like three cups of coffee, but it's all good. Um, I was traveling with my daughter, who's a competitive basketball player. So we just got back. Uh, That's I'm so happy and honored that you are joining us, uh, even though you're exhausted from being overnight. Did your daughter perform well? Did she win? They did really well. So my daughter's part of a team called the um, MCW uh, uh, stars Michael Carter Williams, who plays for the NBA, he sponsors the team. Oh, um, and they uh, they advanced. Unfortunately, they you know didn't win the championship, but it was a great experience nonetheless. That sounds like a good time. Um, I'm so happy. I'm so excited about that. I, I'm sorry. I immediately pointed at you last time because I was like, we have our own champions here too. So Desi is here. Desi, the semi semi finalist in the volleyball championship in, in Rhode Island, uh, who's graduating this year and leaving us. I'm so sad about that. Uh, but now I'm going to turn it over to you guys and I'm going to start with Jordan. And I'm wondering what kind of questions we have for the director of community engagement from Verizon, Adriana. <laughs> no pressure, hit me, Jordan. Hit me. Okay, so um not going to go on the topic of the Verizon part yet since I'm still thinking of a question that relates to that. However, you did say that you are as uh, you know yourself as a basketball mother. And with that, I actually wanted to ask more questions about uh, say your daily routine. Because with a daily routine, you could figure out a lot of things about a person, what they would do day to day, hour to hour, second to second. So what I would like to know is uh, what goes on in your in your day to day. Sports mom, philanthropist, uh, helping out the community. How does all that tie in? What does a day look like? So no day is ever the same, thankfully, because it really speaks to my personality, right? I like to have my hands in lots of different pots. And I believe I am a woman of the world. So what that means is I like to meet lots of folks and the work that I do allows me to step into lots of different conversations, right? So let's say in the morning, I'm having a conversation with um, uh, some members of the community talking about um, initiatives and programs and projects that I could potentially support or be a part of. And then, you know, then my next meeting will involve a project or an initiative that I'm leading internally within the business. And then, you know, that'll potentially transition into maybe, let's say, a team meeting with some members at Verizon talking about new technology, talking about things that are coming up in the next couple of weeks or months. So no day is 
ever, ever the same. Those work things, uh, some of us, when we get into work meetings, some of us, when we get into school meetings, all that stuff, at some parts, our eyes start to like glaze over and we get bored. And at some parts, uh, we get really excited. What's the most exciting part of the work that you're doing with Verizon? People. <laughs> <laughs> so I love people. Um, you know, so fun facts, uh, an area, my area of study when uh, I went to college was communications, right? And so, you know, having the ability to connect with other individuals, identifying ways that I can support their effort. So I'm in the business of people. I just really enjoy, you know, making connections, um, kind of brokering relationships and making things happen. So that's that's the business that I'm in. That's, that's what excites me is helping Verizon step into the community and identify ways that we can support initiatives and programs that, you know, are helping uh, community members in our, in our neighborhoods in our state. Before I go over to, uh, I wanna I want to ask you for advice before I go over to our next question, because you love working with people and those are the, that's the foundation of the community and I get it. Uh, I struggle with that. I struggle with peopling. I struggle with being an adult and a proper human. Uh, and especially in uh, the nonprofit space, right? Like I feel like um, the reason that I'm doing things the way that I'm doing, the reason that I'm doing Steambox and the reason that you guys are here today is because it's it's your program, right? Like we, we get to figure out and do the things that you guys want to do and we'll make Steam lessons out of it. Uh, but I've seen it the other way a lot. I've seen a lot of the organizations that are self-sustaining, right? Like have a huge overhead. Overhead means they have a lot of the money doesn't go directly to what the students are doing, but the money goes to paying rent and all of these other things that you naturally have to do. Um, so I get bitter sometimes, and sometimes I'm like, oh, no, 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 come on. College Crusade has enough money, man. What's up? Let's do some stuff like that. What advice do you have for me to work within Adriana and go into it positive instead of going into it like just so angry at the regular, you know, nonprofit space? Right. Well, angry doesn't suit you, mm. right? <laughs> I thought it was only suited. I thought that was my only suit. No. I'm trying to learn. Angry doesn't suit you. I think, you know, for, for me, because just a, a little bit more information about me, I was also in the nonprofit space, right? And then I transitioned over to the private sector, the corporate side. Um, so the the lens and the frame that I bring into all these different conversations, even if the conversations or the approach don't necessarily always align with what I would have done, is the, the thought partnership. If we all sort of share similar values and understand that what we're working towards is towards a common benefit and a goal that I'm, that I'm all for and that I can rock with, you know, then I put all that other stuff aside to move the mission forward. Yeah. I've talked to you a couple of times. And the reason I asked that question is because I always feel like, damn, like I'm, I'm so like negative. I have like negative energy. I'm so angry all the time and all this stuff. And then you ever talk to somebody who's like way more positive than you. And then you feel like dirty after and you just want to shower. Like, <laughs> like why, why am I so angry all the time? Uh, what's your question for Adriana? I want to ask because it's similar to what it has to do with what he asked. It's, if money was not an issue, how would you spend your time? Oh, you all are hitting me with some great questions. Personally or professionally or both? Uh, personally. Personally. Okay. If money wasn't an issue, I literally, I think I would, you know, just have my bags packed and travel the world. You know, um, again, because I love people, I love culture, I love learning. 
Um, I love food. I love dancing. I love nature. Um, that would be my learning opportunity is just stepping into different cultures and honoring them, learning more about them and, and, you know, having the opportunity to meet people around the world. If money was not an object. Well, we already had, <laughs> we already had the black Indiana Jones on the show self-proclaimed. Uh, so, so they talked about different places and we have some students here who've been around the world. Uh, who's my Italy guy? Was it, was that you? Um, New Zealand's, my, I'll talk about New Zealand every single time. I probably said those words on this podcast a million times because uh, that was my heaven moment. That was my favorite moment. Uh, what's been your best traveling experience? Wow. Um, so my family is from Colombia. Although I wasn't born in Colombia, I was born here. Um, that's been uh, the times that I have visited have been extremely memorable because I've had the opportunity to really uh, travel the country. I haven't done the, the typical touristy thing. So I've dug into the mountains. I've gone to the coast and enjoyed the beaches, but I have so much traveling, you know, left to do. So hopefully I'll have a heaven moment yeah. and maybe get to New Zealand. Um, but for right now, I would say Colombia. But when I get back from Aruba in June, maybe I'll check back with this group because maybe, you know, my perspective will have changed. It'll be my first time traveling to Aruba. Or you come eat the delicious foods in Osaka with us, in I'm, Osaka, Japan with us I'm next there. April. I am so there. Who's going, to, who's going to Japan with me? Okay, that's a lot of hands. Some of you, some of you aren't <laughs> going to be able to. That's too many people for me. We're going to have to have war. Before I get to your before I get to your question, I want to take your question back on you. Okay, so uh, money's not an object. What is your perfect day? What's your ideal day? What would you do? Uh, well, I like <laughs> I like to spend time with my friends, so I'd probably just talk to them and find somewhere to go. I, I don't really know. But money's I'm not an object to talk to your friends. You can do that now, but I. <laughs> But I love that's your value, right? Like yeah. what you value is talking to your friends. Uh, do you have a favorite friend? Do you have like, do you want to, are they in this room? Are we doing a shout out? Is it? Oh, okay. Oh man. Hurt feelings. Hurt feelings are had. It's different. It's my brother. He's not my friend. We've got, we've got hurt feelings. He's not my friend. He's my brother. It's a difference. What's your question for Adriana? Uh, what makes you lose the track of time? Like what is the biggest thing that makes you lose track of time. All right, we covered being a parent and we covered traveling. So besides those two, what makes you lose track of time? What makes me lose track of time? I, honestly, it's it's spaces and conversations like this, right? Like I mentioned, I am a super people person. I love talking. I love learning about people's stories, right? Yeah. I'm not about sort of superficial, you know, relationship building. Once I make connections and I... I uh, have a vibe with someone if they're willing to share I like to get to know them right and like what's your story where did you come from what kind of the questions you're asking me now mm. so when I get into like real conversation and uh, information exchange with with people I could be there for for hours and then you know take a quick look at my phone and look at the time and be like well you know what in the world happened where, where did all the time go so Shout out to your go-to homie. Who's your go-to homie that you just go deep with all the time? Oh, Whose man. soul is interconnected with your soul besides your daughter? This man. I know. 
Well, sometimes the hubby, you know, sometimes I got to pull my husband into the madness, but I have, I have a sisterhood circle. I, and I also have what I call my personal board of directors. Oh, like a life board of directors. So, yeah. So my personal board of directors, my life directors are the people that I really trust, who tell me the truth, who don't just tell me what I want to hear, that when I'm having to make some really difficult decisions about whether it's personal or work, they're, they're on the, the dial of phone, the bat phone, and I know that they've got my back and they're going to help cover those blind spots. Wow. And they're a steel trap. It stays there, right? Like, you know, there's no tea that's going to be spilled anywhere else. Mimi, you can ask a question if you want. You don't have to. I'm going to ask you, do you have a personal board of directors? Do you have your homie crew? Do you have a close crew that supports you through anything? No, it's not tough. It's a yes right or no question. Please look at me. Please look at someone us. else. Please look at all of us. Are they in this room? Yeah. They're pretty much they're in this room. Yeah, we did it, guys. We did it. We did it. They're in this room. She contributed two podcasts in a row. Congratulations. This is a miracle. This has never happened before. No, I know. Go tell, go tell your high school that she can contribute, and they just got to be more like Steambox. Desi. Hi. Hi. Um, you have a very specific job, right? It's very specific to where you work. And you said it was more corporate? Yeah, so I work in the in the private sector, right? So um, I uh, the the work that I do is is specific in the sense that I oversee the Verizon Foundation. So I make decisions on um, grants and sponsorships and how we support important activity in the community. Um, but I get to do a lot of fun stuff along with that as well. So my question was like, it's very specific, but I wanted to know like, what was your childhood dream specifically? Because this oh. does not feel like what you would imagine. No, because nobody says I want to grow up and then help the community through Horizon, right? No. Like, like it's a nice thing to do. That's very specific. Yeah, okay. it is. Niche. I love that question. All right. So another fun fact about me, I consider myself a first generation professional. Right. So both my parents were factory workers. I was an only child. Um, and what I took from that was I know what it meant to be a really hard worker. But in my household growing up, we didn't talk about a hard day at the office. We didn't talk about planning for a meeting. You know, my parents would talk about picking up another shift or working overtime. So when I stepped into my work environment, I didn't really know how to activate. I didn't know what it meant to be a professional because I consider myself a first-generation professional. But to your question, growing up, um, I aspired because of what was around me. Um, I wanted to be you know, a leader in a local, local nonprofit organization. Mm -hmm. I pretty much grew up uh, in Progreso Latino. I participated in their youth oh. program. I participated as a You youth. must be tied in with my family somehow going way back. Like, I don't know, my dad, same yeah, name. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And my uncle was actually the one who um, who launched Progreso Latino. Yeah. Wow. There's deep, deep roots there. So Our families are connected. We are. Yeah. We're, we're practically family to begin with, we right? Are. Look at that. <laughs> So that was initially my goal. Like I wanted to be in the community, right? Like I saw myself um, just helping however I could. And then, you know, my my love of community and people just 
continue to build, I continued to build different skills that led me into different jobs that ultimately ended up, you know, leading me here to my work at Verizon. Hmm. So you guys might not know, uh, but I was working with, before I met Adriana, I was working with somebody else who had a similar position at Verizon. Her name was Michelle. We got along great. Um, and, um, but, but Adriana comes in and we have a lot, we have a Latina uh coming in to do work that's meant to give back to the community um what did that mean to you and and do you know what that's meant to the community has that has that been different from your lens than it could be from michelle's who we both respect this is not this is this is with total respect to michelle like i would imagine that it's a whole different it's a whole different entity having a latina you know what i mean come in 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 a very latino centric community like Central Falls or like Providence mm -hmm. or, or Pawtucket, um, what kind of impact have you seen? What kind of impact have you intended? You all keep hitting me with some amazing questions. So I think for me, because of my lived experience, right? Like the programs that um, I'm supporting and the conversations I'm stepping into were, were uh, conversations and initiatives that I was part of that helped me as a youth um uh coming up and growing up and so for me it was it it was real it is real it wasn't just uh, a good thing to do or the right thing to do it was like for me it was transformative it changed my life these programs that i was a part of and so now sitting on this side having the ability to make strategic investments it's not charity it's not because i have to do it but because I recognize the importance of these investments to make sure these programs happen because it changed my life when I was your age, right? And so I am a testament and a product of, of this community and these programs. And, and so um, I think that's the difference for me as I've lived it. I recognize how impactful um, the funding can be to make sure that these programs uh, are sustained and continue. It's it's crazy because a lot of these programs have to fight to the death. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, over this stuff. Uh, I love the answer. Uh, it it kind of reminded me of pay it back and pay it forward. Right. Uh, and I think that's great. What did you want to do when you were younger? You were teaching with me. You were teaching. You're already giving back. You're teaching younger students, multilingual learners uh, in Central Falls. If you guys don't know, uh, she was working for Steambox this summer and and, and uh, working with younger people. What did you want to do when you, when you grow up? And now that you're growing up, uh, how close are you to that? Um, growing up, I wasn't really sure because I was always switching back and forth. I wanted to be an anthropologist because I grew up watching Bones uh, with my mom. I wanted to be a lawyer because I loved arguing with people. Kids don't watch Bones. I did watch Bones. Okay. I loved it. it was, you could ask me, we watched it all the time till the season to the series finale but yeah growing up I just I wasn't sure what I wanted to do until I got to like middle school and I had this teacher and he just because I was like I was in my rebellious phase you know I didn't I was, was. I was <laughs> no but actually I was hanging out with some bad like bad kids wrong group of people and it, there was this, and I was just not putting in on my effort and then this teacher like pulled me inside I was like I know you're better than this like come on well, Peggy Grant or otherwise no it was a different teacher okay, he's nice. no longer in the district unfortunately oh. but he really 
he was the first one to say, I recommended you to honors classes because mm. I believe in you. Yeah. And I know you can do better. And I think him believing in me, it just impacted me and a lot of other kids because it wasn't just me. So, and I was like, I want to be a teacher just like him because I was too, like, there was a lot of emotional stuff going on at home at that time that was affecting me. So I was like, this teacher really did help me when I was really low. So I was like, I want to be a teacher just like him. And then too, growing up, I was like, I want to give back to my community because I was the same way, like growing up, I re- especially after my parents' divorce, I relied on certain programs. I would mm-hmm. get my clothes donated. This is donated. Like literally, I would shop at Savers. Like I did whatever it took to save money. I know. I love Savers. I love savers. But again, it comes from that <laughs> idea of like not having the money right. to afford that new stuff. As director of community engagement, do you see that a lot of times that like how impactful that is? The, the, I know I just asked you a question about that, but um, I mean, here's here's examples. And did you say you received a, a scholarship from Verizon? I did. So this summer I had the amazing opportunity because of you, Peggy, but also Verizon. I was able to spend about five weeks at Providence College doing research in an entomology lab. And I and that was when I discovered that organic pesticide and I presented it at the URI surf conference. That is amazing. And uh, so so that went through Upegi. That was... Uh, that was... Upegi was the one who recommended it to me, but it was the Verizon Foundation who actually funded it and gave me the opportunity. So they also paid for my research. And and that was... Lily, even on my little board, because I had to present this huge poster board, very professional, like the other... Because mm-hmm. all these colleges were also doing presentations. And I was the only high schooler there pretty much making my presentation. And at the bottom, you can clearly see, thank you to the Verizon Foundation. I had the little picture and everything. That is Congratulations. Amazing. Congratulations. Uh, and thank you for your question. But you can you can see the, you can see the fruits of your labor, like not just in Desiree, but everybody, uh, everybody in this room, even the arcade cabinet that they were playing, the students made that. Um, what is your question for Adriana? I almost skipped you and I apologize. I'm offended deeply. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. maybe uh if you showed up all the time, uh, I remember. It was I heard you say that. I heard you say it, and I feel I feel really bad. And I'm sorry for roasting you. You are my boy. I only noticed that you were missing because I actually enjoy your presence so much. That's why I noticed that you were missing. You're my dude. I don't want to skip you. I don't want to offend you. What's your question? Are you saying that I'm better than everybody else here? Yeah, definitely. Wow, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Better, better this better guy likes Spider-Man 3. What the I, I, I'm, I'm not Adam. Do not compare me to Adam. <laughs> I've been here for better years. Than what is this? You, you have any help? Does he know? What, what, what do y'all understand my love for Spider-Man 3? We don't want to talk about no, it. Uh, just, we can't. Get ready for the email. This is Adriana's podcast. Know, I'm going to. I'm going to get so much hate mail just because we mentioned Spider-Man 3 again. What's your question for Adriana? Um, have you ever had to choose between work and your family? Uh, I, I'm going to bet. I'm, I'm placing my bet on yes. That's I, been a very challenging balancing oh, act. And what are like some of the negative impacts that you had? Oh, oh. You oh. Cut, Dude, you are. Deep. deep. You are like going deep. Um, yeah, it's... Um, Career has been very important to me, right? Um, I feel like if, if I'm gonna go there, I'm, I'm gonna share this, um, where 
I am an only child. My parents arrived in this country from Colombia. They went straight to work in the factory. They absolutely killed themselves and sacrificed themselves to make sure I got a decent education. So, you know, um, being successful, quote unquote, and establishing myself in my career was not only important to me, but I felt like it was a validation to my parents who had done so much. But in the process of building my career and advancing in my career, I had a husband, I have a daughter, right? And it was having to make difficult decisions on how to balance my time. And before when I was traveling a lot and it was, what am I gonna miss? You know, uh, my daughter's this, my daughter's that, my husband having to pick up the slack, right? And so, you know, that that's something that, um, thankfully I have an amazing support network you know, I, my, my crew, my yeah. folks that I've relied on. And when I've been available, I've extended that to them as well, because as women and as women of color, sometimes we have to juggle a whole lot and it's hard for us to say no. Cause we feel like, you know, we're super women, we can do it all, but sometimes we, you know, we have to ask for help. Can I, can I ask you a question on that yeah. specifically? Yeah. Uh, and it didn't sound like you were done. I definitely want to give no. you the floor back. But I, there's something important in there that I that I hear a lot from some of our guests, and we bring tons of people of color on, uh, especially and especially women, onto the podcast. It's because in Steam, uh, in Steam, the numbers don't quite add up. But that's a whole other podcast. Uh, do you ever feel like, as uh, as a Latina in this business, do you ever feel like the pressure's on that you you have no room to to f up? You can't, you can't mess up at all because you represent so many people? Correct. Is there an example <laughs> that you can think of? Every day. Yeah. Um, but it could be as insignificant as just making sure that when I'm emailing folks or I'm submitting something, um, it, uh, it needs to be clear, crisp, and concise, no grammatical errors, no nothing, because... Spanish was my first language, right? And if somehow there's a grammatical error in there or like an oopsie on an email, it, it would be translated as, of course, you know, she's bilingual or Spanish was her first language. Right. I automatically get, you know, sort of categorized um, to something as big as I've been identified to facilitate a big presentation, right? And if I am one of the very few Latinas in my you know, in my function and in my area. And if I don't do well, if I don't deliver, if I don't um, kind of uh, achieve the intended outcome, it's, again, it's a reflection of, well, we should have gone with her. She was probably, you know, uh, uh, better equipped. We knew this other person would have done better kind of thing. And so I'm always feeling like I have to overachieve or I have to exceed people's expectations because it's not only a reflection of me, but it's a reflection of the community that I represent in a space that isn't necessarily represented by, um, you know, a lot of flavorful representation. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, and, and, and this is some of the work that we're doing, but there's not enough work being done. And you guys are going to have to break down your own barriers and your own doors. Mm -hmm. And some of you are going to feel this way someday because I've been in that situation that she was just talking about where I feel like uh, if a white person in my same situation makes a mistake, it's just a mistake. But if I make the same mistake, it's 
oh, Puerto Ricans be like, you know what I mean? <laughs> or, oh, you can't, you know, you can't have this kid from the hood. He's wearing hoodies, not even professional, blah, 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 blah. Because, but, but it's just, you know, it would be the same mistake. So I feel like I have to work twice as hard. I have to prove it extra, you know? And again, I feel like a white person in the same situation, you know, no disrespect to anybody. And I know some people aren't going to agree, you know, um, a lot of these things come with no consequences and it's no fault of their own, but because of who we are and because we're representing whole communities that we can't, we're not afforded that mistake. We have to be twice as good. Uh, and there's a lot of pressure. Uh, so let me let me bounce that back on you. Uh, and I'm going to bounce that back on you. And anybody can jump in here. Uh, and I'm sorry, because uh, I, I do realize that I want to pick up from where you left off, too. But did you ever feel like uh, and some of you are some of you are dating now. Some of you are uh, some of you are getting jobs, your first job. Some of you are getting your second job. Some of you are working uh, and you have all this schoolwork. Soon you're going to have to choose what college you go to. Is it going to be here? Is it going to be local? Is it going to be in Boston? Is it going to be across the country? So the, how I'm bouncing it back to you is because you asked about, um, does it ever interfere with family? Does your family come into some of these decisions you make when it comes to work, when it comes to if you're going to spend time out dating, and it comes to when you start thinking about college, does your family impact where you're going to go to college truthfully yeah because my not gonna lie to you my um and i'm hoping she doesn't see hear this podcast my mom is a struggling alcoholic so I'm my mom too to be there for her to make sure she doesn't you know break that because she's yep. trying her best and i understand that so i have to have something like I've missed days of school because I try to make sure she's in the right head. Yep. You know, I've missed work because I make sure she's in the right headspace about it. You know, so yeah, I would say college could like I gotta be closer, and when she calls, I gotta be there. So yes, I would say I have to have like a closer college or like a closer job instead of just leaving. Because like right now, it's like I'm kind of like. I mean, I have a sister, but she's trying to do her own thing. So I'm, I'm like here, like trying to be like, what's it, like the guardian? Yeah. Essentially. Mm -hmm. uh, and then like, I know like a, if like a bunch of mothers that like, go like, oh, you shouldn't have to go through that. You're only 16. You're a kid. So, but like, it's different for me because the way I grew up, it was like, I've experienced the bad stuff. You know, yep. I've experienced that bad part of the name, but I'm used to it. Yep. So it's not like a major thing for me. It's. If I like experience something bad, I brush it off. It's okay. Like, it's not okay, but it's like I, I can deal with it, you know. So like, yeah, I would say it got, like family kind of interferes a lot into my school decisions and stuff like that. You know, I did this. I did the same thing. I did the act, the actual same thing, including coming back from college a lot, uh, where I was living in Boston, and then I started living in Providence, and then commuting a lot. And I put a lot of that extra work on me so that I could be home for the same reasons that you mentioned. Uh, around my mother specifically, uh, and I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about my journey here. In my journey, I, I want to admit that I that I regretted it, and I kind of wished that I did me more, right? That I did, that I had my own experience more. That's not, I'm not talking, I don't know the specifics around your mom, and I don't know what's right for you, but, uh, but I, I just want to make sure that you consider what's right for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's find like, that balance. It's weird because, like, she raised me, you know? Yeah. So, like, I mean, I'm African-American. I'm Black, so I ain't got a dad. 
It's obvious. So <laughs> it's not obvious, but I I understand the stereotype. I understand the stereotype. It's it's true. It's it's true in your case. I understand the stereotype. My mom raised me, so she like had a struggle because she couldn't like you know it was it was hard. Yeah. And I understand because she like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. She was pretty stupid and did like the unprotected sex thing when she was you know like every other parent does to make you yes right yes yeah so it's like all right but i care i had like i care for her so it's like i like try and be there when she needs Mm -hmm. me yeah so i gotta like it, it, it deeply matters to me. All right, let's work out some stuff. Let's work out some stuff together because Desi and I did some cool stuff last summer. Let's work out some stuff together where we can be nice and close and do some cool things. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. And I want to kick it back to you. And I want to make sure that you still have air left on the other side of this in case there was anything left out because I interjected. I thought there was an important point that I wanted to that I wanted to capitalize on. But is there anything else that you wanted to add before I move on to the next question? No, not at all. I just want to acknowledge and thank you for sharing as well, because yeah. that's that's powerful stuff and that's real. Yeah. That's real. So thank you for that. For sure. Uh, follow that. We already know. Oh, no. we already we got, oh, how are we going to go it's from that? To, it's either Spider-Man Theo or It's the other one. Heathers. 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 It's Heathers. Heathers. Please surprise us. What's one one moment in your life that uh, a risk that you took that you're happy that you took? Okay. We expected him to ask you if you were familiar with or love Heather's, but I like this question. Let's go with this. Okay, that's awesome. All right. So that very important question deserves a very important and. uh, transparent and honest response. So for me, um, another fun fact is, so I'm a college dropout. You know, you won't see that on my resume. You won't see it on my LinkedIn profile, uh, but I'm very proud of the decision that I made. Um, I'm actually in hindsight, very surprised that I was mature enough at 18 to make the decision that I made. So for those of you who might be familiar, I graduated from uh, St. Rayfield Academy. That's where I went to high school. Um, I was an average student. You know, I I got decent grades. And then um, I went on to the University of Rhode Island and I was living life there. I was feeling myself. I was loving being on campus. I did everything but assignments that I was supposed to. I forgot why I went to college. Um, that happens. That and no, and listen, I went down that slippery slope. I was loving the fellas. The fellas were loving me. I was having a great time. Next thing you know, I failed out of all my classes, and I uh, had a, a very interesting conversation with an advisor, and he basically said, "Listen, you know, you you got a couple a couple of options here, but I don't know that this is a, a good fit for you anymore," and so I had to drop out because I basically flunked out of URI. Um, So I had a couple of options uh, once I packed my bags and came back home after the holidays. So this was after um, Christmas and New Year's. And it was, um, do I figure out how to pick myself up from this situation and reapply to the other colleges and universities that had accepted me back when I was applying when I was a senior and take this as a major learning experience and do that? Or do I just kind of, you know, stay local and figure out, you know, what kind of job to get next? 
right? And just forget about going to school. And there was something about that experience. And I realized how much grit I had. I learned a lot about my uh, about myself. I realized I was stronger than I really thought I was. Mm. You know, that I had a lot more determination and grit than I thought I had or gave myself credit for. And thankfully, my bounce back was real. I bounced back from that situation and I ended up reapplying to uh, to another school and um, Northeastern. I transferred to Northeastern as a transfer student and um, there started the second chapter of my life, which I'm entirely grateful for. But I'm, I'm very thankful that I made that decision, which at the time felt like I was a failure like the world had completely ended for me. My parents had stopped talking to me for a couple of months. They were so disappointed and I could have stayed paralyzed. I could have stayed stuck in that moment, but there was so, I believed in myself and I figured out how to just uh, get out of that situation and, and move forward. And I did it. This, um, I, when, when I look at you, when I've talked to you before every single time, I understand that we all have self-doubts. Don't let anybody bullshit you. We all have self-doubts, but I've never seen it in her. I know she has some because she's a human, I believe, mm -hmm. but I've never seen it. Yeah. I've never seen it. Is that a calculated response or did you become that strong in around moments like that? Like moments like that sharpen you. Yeah. You know, you had self-doubt before and now you're very secure how much of that is like Adriana is super secure and knows exactly what nope. she's doing? <laughs> I deal with imposter syndrome every single day. Yeah. I, I like. Do you know what imposter syndrome is? Oh, when you when you're successful, but you don't feel like you. Yeah. It. Yeah. Like, you know, um, I'm invited to speak at different places as a thought leader, as a, you know, a subject matter expert. And I'm like, me? Why yeah. me? Why would they pick me? Right. Or, you know, I've gotten promoted throughout my career and it's like, really, can I do this? Am I going to be successful? Am I going to let them down? So it's something that I've struggled with, but I'm, I do a lot better with it now than I did before. I can manage it. I can control it. I recognize having a positive mindset and sort of shifting the way I think about myself and I see myself versus living in a, in a space and in a place where I'm uh, uh, leading with limiting beliefs. I choose not to lead with limiting beliefs because if I did, you know, then it would become overwhelming for me. Can I ask you, um, high school is a hard time. High school is weird. Your body as a human is weird in high school. Hormones happen. You start to like people of the opposite or same sex. You start to grow here in weird places. <laughs> Where are you going with it? Mike. <laughs> what is what's going on? I'm wondering. I'm wondering. Are we the talk live? Yes, we're or doing this. The we're doing the talk live. Right yep. Yep. One day you're gonna find somebody you love. No, that's not where I'm going with this. I'm wondering if you, there has been a difference between middle school and high school in terms of how confident and secure you feel. Oh yes. Oh, yes. yes. That's a, that's actually a question that I think all of us can answer. Tell me more. Like, like, how, like, how much? <laughs> <laughs> how much time you get? Make this the juiciest podcast ever. In what ways do you feel more secure now than you did in middle school? Oh, yeah, oh more. more. Oh, Con confident? Him. I already knew. Confident? No. Oh, it's the opposite. Yeah. 
I thought you said hell yes. I thought that's where we were going. It's like, are you like more insecure? (laughs) So you feel less secure than you did in middle school. Mm -hmm. Is there one reason that you can list? Yes, (laughs) Jordan, more confident or less confident than middle school? You're a senior, so it's a little different. Oh, yeah, not at all more confident. Not at all more confident. Compared to middle school, you like, have the basiest voice out of any student that I've ever yeah, worked that's with. True. And I, I, I that doesn't give that. you confidence. That doesn't like a lion's no, roar. No, it doesn't. No, okay. I have a deep voice. Yes, that's true. But like, it never really gave me the reason saying, yeah, I'm an over dominating male because I have a super deep voice. I never actually got that. Yeah, I shouldn't oh. necessarily associate and, that with confidence, but go ahead. But. When it came to self-confidence, I had a lot as a kid, like yep. when I was really younger. Uh, then a lot of things transpired, thus making me less, or well, I should say more insecure about myself. I started uh, getting discouraged, uh, procrastinating, uh, not really caring about what happens next. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I got into high school, uh, that's when all the regret just came straight into my body started realizing that I've been doing stuff wrong and don't really have reason to start it, to like start changing it. Of course, the things that I could say would be like, for instance, everything I've done for myself, not a, not a one thing that I could think of that was actually good. Um, that's when you started high school. And that's when I started high school. But now you've got this whole biology track. And now I'm on track to graduate, to, to do biology. But I still have so much regret for the things of this year because I have done so much yet so little. Remember that time you tried to give me COVID two weeks ago? I don't know what you're talking about. Do you regret about. that? <laughs> you. You. Uh, yeah. I hung out with her in the earlier. The, the day most. before, too, and I still came back negative. Is, do any of you, because the conversation was about, so Adriana, we were talking about how, um, we were talking about how there's imposter syndrome and we were talking about times where she was less confident, but all I see as, as her partner in the community, all I see is the epitome of confidence, the most confident, like sure of herself person. Do any of you feel more confident now than you did in middle school? I feel the exact same. No, I feel the imposter syndrome. You feel the imposter syndrome? The imposter syndrome, I was like, Mm. When when they were were defining it, then I had a reason to agree with that. So you're a champion. You're somebody who's doing all the sports. You're doing all the all the academic stuff in school. You're doing all the extracurriculars. No, no, no. I'm gonna like, you're the, I'm apparently at the top of my game. Apparently, you're the Steambox spokesperson, right? Like you are. You're our mascot this year. No, it's. <laughs> Damn. Damn. It's. Yeah, it's I it was More confident, less confident. It's not even a matter of confidence because the thing is that I know I'm smart. I know like I am this stuff, right? But at the same time, it's like sometimes, like especially in class, it's like the problem is that I feel that imposter syndrome for real because in the sense that people would be struggling in class, they'd be struggling academically, or they'd be struggling struggling socially. For me, it's like I don't even know how I'm doing this, man. Like for me, it's common sense. But at the same time, I'm like, no, I get this. I really I'm don't begin this half the time. And it's like, at this point, like, yeah, I work hard and I know I do, but at the same time, it's like, even at times I like have a sense of realization, like, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. Like, how did I actually get to this point where like, 
everyone thinks I got it together. Everyone thinks I'm perfect. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. no, not even close. At home, I'm a wreck. Um, every, anyone who knows me personally, I am a mess 24-7. So it's like that imposter syndrome, especially for like people outside of my inner circle, is real. Yeah, but your future your future can be pretty dope and you can be helping out the community and doing all kinds of other things and projecting confidence. Go ahead. Oh yeah. So confidence from middle school. Well, I, I feel like that question doesn't really apply to most people here. Cause we had an entire year where we wasn't even here. We yeah. wasn't even socializing. We were just in our rooms. Staring. Did, that, did that help or hurt? That hurt because oh. then you're just staring at yourself in a reflection or in a video screen and you notice things that you don't like. Cause you're not, you're not actually with people. You're focusing on yourself because there's no one else to focus on besides you. So, and then when we came back, it, it was weird because most people were quiet. Like the first few weeks, they didn't talk. It was just, you were there. And it was just like normal, like when we were quarantined, we were just on the video call, but in person. And then people started going to have the actual normal high school. Can I ask you a question? Do you feel like people are trying to pretend that what the hell just happened to us was normal? <laughs> And it's it, it's not. It's actually trauma. Well, yes, because when I think about it, I don't think too much about it. I don't realize we had an entire world epidemic that shut down almost everything for like a year. I don't think about that. It just happened. I just move on. And I feel like that's the same with everyone. But I think people are blocking. People are still getting sick. It was miserable. People are still like, let's not forget. People are still it's actively still getting happening. sick. Yeah. And people are forget. People just don't care anymore. They're over it. I like I understand I understand. I understand like how much can we, you know, but I'm I'm with you. Thank you for sharing. Uh I heard you get at like get at like no, there's some benefits to and I'm with you on that. When like we were doing like um at home, yep, it was way more better for me because my grades were better. I didn't have to socialize. Same. I didn't have to deal with annoying people. I'm not saying a lot is annoying. He's he's damn. I hate his trash (laughs) talk, but he says that he's better than me at Marvel vs. Capcom, but I just hope his ass. Twice. All right, she's my language. That's crazy because I, um, I whooped you twice and you whooped me once. Yeah. All right, get back to the point. Adrian is our guest, and we're talking about Marvel Capcom. It was way better because, like, I didn't have to socialize that much, and like you, I'm I'm not a people person. Yeah. So, like, even being here, like the first time, I I socialized. It was I, I didn't know you then, but I missed like the royal you during that time but other than that like you're right like i was home in front of my xbox even when i was doing meetings i had my xbox up there i'm good uh i hear you this podcast was supposed to have uh adriana be seen but i think there's a beautiful benefit because she's being seen like i learned a lot about her but i'm learning a lot about some of you guys too what's your question for adriana hi (laughs) sure i guess i'm going to her because she's prepared (laughs) some people upcoming goals uh so my goals ladies and gentlemen you know what i'd like to continue to do is what i'm doing now on a much larger platform um right now the territory that i oversee um in uh, activating the verizon foundation and making investments in our community is all of rhode island and central and western massachusetts but i feel like um I have an ability to uh, engage in this work on a more regional and national level. So I'd like to continue this work, but I'd like to do it on a much bigger scale to have much greater societal impact on our communities of color. I, I hear that. I hear that. 
I want to be one of those partners. And I'm not even, that's not even an ask. That's just like a, let's continue to work together because one of the things I'm afraid of is the pandemic money dries up Mm -hmm. and there's so many communities, like I'm at capacity, so it's okay. But there's so many communities that we're in and doing stuff in, but you, you brought Steambox here. You brought Steambox to Central Falls and uh, I have a lot of great students in Providence. Shout out to my students in Providence. Shout out to my students at Highlander, but there's been nothing like the experience here with the Warriors from Central Falls. Uh, nothing like uh, my experience of meeting uh, all of you guys here and talking about wrestling with some of you and talking about musicals with some of you, disagreeing about Spider-Man. Uh, I'm afraid I'm afraid of what's going to happen when the pandemic money dries up because Verizon brought us here. Pandemic money has sustained us a little bit and like paid for some of this stuff you know, throughout the year. But like when that stuff dries up, I'm hoping that either an Adriana or somebody like her with one of the other places will keep that here Mm -hmm. because that's how these nonprofits work, right? It's so weird. Like at any moment, the rug can be pulled out from under you. You know what I mean? So um, I thank you for your work is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I'm also trying to point at these guys and saying, this is, this is dope what we're doing here. And thank you for being at the start of that journey too. Uh, What is your goal? Michael. Yeah, you just came back from Grand Canyon, uh, and you're wearing it on your on your hoodie just so that people know. Uh, but but beyond that, beyond, did that open up? Do you have? She and I have the itch for traveling. She and I have traveled, and we know that we we're like addicted to. I'm addicted to. I don't want to speak for you in that regard. Uh, did did that open up an itch for you? Is traveling yeah, part of your goals I now? Go What's the number one place that you want to go to? Scotland, if I'm really honest Ooh. with you. No Ooh. reason behind it. That's interesting because I would not have guessed that. Yeah, right. Can I, can I, no, no, brave, brave like the character, brave. She wasn't asking if, if she was courageous for wanting to go to Scotland. I've been to Scotland. It's, it's on my list. It's on my top five. It's, I, I loved it. It was beautiful. I was driving in the northern part and I saw a cow and this cow was hairy like a dog, like very, very hairy, yeah, super hairy. It like was gorgeous. <laughs> no, like a, like a, it looked like a giant St. Bernard. You know, St. Bernard's the really oh. big dogs yeah. and they're very hairy. I'll show you a picture later. I saw a super hairy cow. It was a brown, very, very hairy cow. And I wanted to stop and take pictures. And I was like, no, I'm driving through all of Scotland and I'll see a million. So we went south and there were no more. They're only in the north. I missed out. Uh, But there are beautiful things to see in Scotland, especially if you like castles. Uh, Thank you for your question. What's your question for Adriana? Uh, Something I'm surprised that people didn't really ask you about is your hobbies that you introduced early on about like dancing travel all that so i just want to hear you talk about you you seem very passionate about dancing i see you're probably very energetic you've been you've been doing this the entire time uh i just want to hear you talk about it like what is your experience with dancing Oh, geez. So I love music. I mean, I, that that's another thing I vibe to. Um, music is one of my love languages. Like it just moves my soul. And like my family was one of the first families to arrive in Central Falls. My grandfather's picture is actually up um, at City Hall. Pedro, Pedro Cano Sr. Oh, okay. um, and so he's responsible for the huge wave of Colombians that settled here. But I say all that to say back in the late 70s, there was this um, Colombian discoteca 
you know, that was on Broad Street called uh, Sportsman Club. And back then, uh, couples could take their kids to the clubs with them, right? And like, I'd be the kid three or four years old who ended up falling asleep on the chair. Mm. So at a very, very young age, music was introduced to my life. Um, and I've just, you know, I love going to concerts. You know, when we talk about COVID, that's one of the things that for me was kind of stripped for me because I was go to concerts in New York, in Boston, what locally. Concerts, what, what concerts did you go to? Oh, Lord. Like uh, every... who, who are your top artists? What are you, what's your Rushmore of artists? Oh, my God. My play. Oh, geez. Did you say ACDC? That's not so what? Did you say that, though? No, but here's no, the no, thing. No, no, no. I said concerts. I said, she said, what's your favorite concert? I just said ACDC out of nowhere. I just don't even know why you know ACDC. I think that's, I'm impressed. Wait. I'm impressed. All right, so, so I'm going to follow up with that. So fun fact, my first concert when I was 12 years old was a Kiss concert. Okay. Right. Oh. Do you guys know Kiss? They paint themselves. Yeah. Yes. We know. We know. We know. We're not. We're not that. Yeah. 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 Okay. I had a VHS. Okay. <laughs> a VHS. So I have a very eclectic music taste that ranges from '80s hair bands, you know, from Motley Crue to Def Leppard to all of that. Whoa. Like super Ozzy, all yeah. of that, to like. Right now, I can get down with some Bad Money, some uh, Maluma, some, you know, Mark Anthony. I'm a Mark Anthony groupie. Okay. You know, so and like everything. But the only thing I can't really get down with is country. Although I every Nobody once in a while, country. I give country music country. a chance. Two but country songs, right? that's, that's no. I, like I, I get that. Like country just isn't like, like no, interesting. What? Sweet home? No, that's <laughs> country is good. It's just not anything Sometimes that I can the, Like the singing, I like just no, the storytelling. And some of these but songs, the story, the story, oh you know, country. I did. Uh, I was on a Zoom call with Adriana. I was on a Zoom call with Adriana, and um, having seen her apartment in the back or her home, rather, her house in the background, it looked like Mark Anthony would be proud. It looked like Mark Anthony would be proud. The little dog and everything. There was a little dog and everything. A little white dog that looked like a pillow. And so for anyone, I would have a Zoom meeting for the first time uh, during the pandemic who didn't know I had a white little dog who likes to sit on top of the couch that was in my office. They'd be like, why is your, uh, why is your pillow moving? moving? Yeah, yeah. And it was my dog because my dog is fluffy white. But thank, I, I love bling. I happen to love bling. I'm a little extra, you know, I mean, for those of you who can see me, I've got the bling on my glass. It's just kind of part of my, part that. of my personality. I tell you, Mark Anthony would be proud. I love it. I love it. But thank you for the question. And don't even start. If I see you all, if uh, Mayor Rivera hosts the Salsa Fridays in the summer again, where she closes down yeah. Roosevelt, you might even see me on the stage with the band, right? Because <laughs> that's where I'm at. She was on the podcast. She cried. We had a straight month where every guest cried. Nobody made you cry today. Uh, there was a moment where we, where heartstrings were tugged. There were two moments where heartstrings yeah. were tugged. But, uh, but yeah, we didn't make you cry today. We let you off the hook, unlike, uh, <laughs> unlike with Maria. Um, thank you for the question. What's your go-to? What's your go-to? I I'm a, I listen to rap, R and B, hip hop. I listen to that because that's what I was raised on. Yeah. Mostly throwbacks, but now because I used to listen to throwbacks till I was 14, then I was like, I should probably check out some new people because there's not nothing new is coming out from the 90s. Eli. No. Yeah. Nothing that you you enjoyed me. it. What? I moving on. So <laughs> wow. I like this conversation got weird. <laughs> I like uh the current artists, I'll name three. I like J. Cole, I like uh Joyner, 
Lucas. Paul. I also, you know, Jake Paul. Lucas? Jake what? Paul. You don't know Jake Paul? It's okay. That's okay. Keep going. I'll just put. I'll just put logic up there because I just recently saw him. I'm like, he's pretty cool. Like, I don't, like, I don't listen to new stuff that much. Like, there's someone else that's abating my mind. I thought Kendrick Lamar would be on that list because Kendrick Lamar makes sense with that list. Family Ties on my playlist. That's the only Kendrick song I have. Yeah. Disgrace. Out this room now. No, this is loyalty a lot. That's on my own playlist. We've got the same taste. Uh, I would think the Childish Gambino probably too. I have child. 2005 probably my favorite song from or uh, shoot. What's what's his name? Joiner Lucas. Uh, he did. He had that weird rap. He had the rap video with the with the like the white dude, right? Where there was a, the white dude. In the oh, black I'm not the racist. Table. I hated that so much. What? I Wait, I wanted that was I wanted to punch that whole thing in the face. The whole music video. Because they talked about each other's stereotypes and then like almost like forgave each other for each other's stereotypes. Like, I don't need you to forgive me for what I do in the hood. I didn't think it was deeper than that, but I hear you. Go ahead. It was more of like a saying that we could be better than just stereotypes. That's what the music video was about. Yeah, I got that. We were going to just say, oh, you know, you're black, so you eat watermelon, you eat fried chicken, you ain't got no dad, you lose mom, you in the hood. And it's like, oh, you're white. So obviously you, you're like that white pop, you're, you're, you're racist, you're, yeah. you're white, you're white power, that's that type of thing. Like, Adriana, have you seen the video that we're talking I about? I have not. These two are at the table. There's a white guy and a black guy, and they're rapping at each other about each other's stereotypes and why they why they think what they think about the mm. other race. But my only problem with it, and I agree with you on everything you just said, uh, it reminds me of something that the stupid guy from Black Eyed Peas said one time, Will I Am. Uh, he was on uh, Politically Incorrect with Bill Maher. It's an HBO show. And he says, no, no, like racism's over. And of course he thinks racism's over because he's rich, right? And nobody treats him like they used racism. to treat him. And I felt like, right? And I felt like by the end of that video, I felt like I think they both thought they cured racism. I think they both walked away wow. like, yeah, we did it. We solved it. It's over. <laughs> I don't know. I was the- like, sure, I get some funny like, looks, but I'm not getting. I mean, most rich people, most black rich people don't even. deal with racism. There are some that probably. Do, I agree. Yeah. But like at that point, it feels like if you're rich, you don't deal with racism no more. Like you're higher than that. But that's a lie. You obviously still deal with racism. I appreciate like major part. I, I appreciate you making me think about it. You challenge me. I'm going to think about it more. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to share the link Please. with you. And we're going to see this. Adriana, where can our audience learn more about your community efforts? Where should they go? Uh, what should they follow on social media? Ooh, okay. So I would love for you all to follow me on LinkedIn. I mean, I'm very active there and I push out a lot of articles and information uh, related to social impact, related to social and racial equity work, related to good stuff that's happening in the world that people are either funding or launching. Um, so if you just go to LinkedIn and look for Adriana Dawson, you know, you'll, you'll find me. Uh, but thank you so much for allowing me to share space and conversation with you today. This was uh, an amazing use of my time and learning more about you. So thank you. And uh, we learned a lot more about you too. So we really appreciate it. Uh, Warriors from Central Falls, please say peace out to the world. Peace. War, 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 war,